everyone. Welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible study author, adventure junkie, and founder of Voice of the Voiceless, empowering women in Africa. Join me here every week for inspiring conversations on discovering miracles in life's messy moments. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back. This is your go-to podcast for anyone craving fresh ways to apply God's word to your everyday life. Together, every week, we see how our ordinary and even messy moments can become platforms for the miraculous. And today, I am with my special guest. She's a teacher, author, speaker, coach, leader, academic. She does it all. Dr. Angela Thomas. And I'll introduce Dr. A in just a moment. This entire month, I'm in a series called Hometown Heroes. You'll hear the incredible stories of four people I am blessed to know personally that have so much to teach us about trusting God when the unexpected and uninvited happens in our lives. Last week's conversation is unforgettable. I sat down with plane crash survivor Pete Deshot as he walked us through the heartache of losing his daughter in that accident and rebuilding his life after burns over 90% of his body. His attitude will leave you astounded. Don't miss it. Then later this month, you'll meet two more local heroes of mine, brain tumor thriver and the founder of the Beaded Miracles, Kim Bond, and WPER host and speaker, Teresa Mills. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, reach out to me at AngelaDonatio.com. We would love to have you. Well, let me get you to the woman of the hour. Dr. Angela D. Thomas, affectionately known as Dr. A, is a woman of God who has been covered by his grace, blessed by his kindness, and awed by who he has been and continues to be in her life. Everything about Dr. A's background said she should fail, but God. At the age of 13, her mother survived being shot five times in front of her grandparents' home on the streets of Detroit. Three years later, she gave birth to her son at the age of 16, but God. Despite these challenges, Dr. A was fortunate that she was able to transform her life through God's help and strength by going on to earn four degrees and build an executive career in healthcare, all while raising her son. God has used these experiences in her life to cultivate several gifts, and you heard those listed in the way I introduced her, and even much more than that we're going to talk about today. Given all he's done for Dr. A, she simply believes that it is her responsibility to use it all for kingdom building. Welcome, Dr. A, or to me, my friend, Angela. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, wow. I was trying not to choke up while you were reading that. So (laughs) thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so honored. Well, I get the privilege and the luxury of knowing you, and we've spent time together. Our churches, our sister churches, Zion Church of Fredericksburg and River of Life, and our congregations absolutely love each other. And I'm so blessed by you, Dr. A. But I would love for people who don't maybe know you, maybe they are listening from all over the country today. Can you tell us kind of just all the things about you, your family, where you're from, your ministry, just so they can get to know you a little bit better. And so I belong to Zion Church of Fredericksburg. And that's where my husband and I, David, have been members since 2014. 
And there, I'm super involved, love it. I'm the director of the women's ministry, shout out to Sisters of Zion, and also the vice president of the board of directors there. I also teach, I also sing soprano on the praise team, and uh, much, much more in the ministry. My husband and I have been married going on 14 years now and have a blended family of five children. And they're not children anymore. The youngest turns 23 um, and the oldest turns 32 this year. So, and I, well, I guess we have one little baby. Her name is Macy and she is an eight-year-old Yorkie who's quite feisty. That's me. <laughs> and and if, if, if she's anything like our dog, Chewy, he's very spoiled. So we spoil our, <laughs> we spoil our little babies, don't we? Well, thank you. I am just so honored to, to have you here. And, and I want to hear your story. I want your listeners, our listeners to hear your story. So I know that you have faced and overcome some challenges. I even read a little bit about that in your introduction. I would love for you to just take some time and just share from your heart. Can you talk us through that and, and what God has done in your life through it? Absolutely. So the best way for me to really talk about my story, I usually use the, the phraseology bullets, babies, and boardrooms because it helps me to kind of frame these seasons of my life that really have made a huge difference in who I am today and who God has blessed me to be. So the bullets phase, um, important to know is that when I was five years old, I started dreaming, dreaming about who who I would be when I grow up, you know, like most kids. And then there was a very famous show on the air that had the family, the Huxtables. I'm sure you know what show that is. And I saw a doctor, a doctor who looked like me, African-American. And it was really the first time that I saw that on the TV. And I started to dream about becoming a doctor when I grew up. And that's probably the best I had at five years old. And as I started on my education journey, realized I was really good in science, really good at math, and really just knocked it out of the park academically. So everything that I would do was towards having this goal of being a doctor, specifically um, an obstetrician gynecologist was my thing, the same way he was on TV. And uh, was in a family similar to the Huxtables and that both of our our my parents were together. I had two brothers. Um, So it was this nuclear family and we saw ourselves in many ways represented by that particular family. If things were going to be different, I wouldn't have realized it until 1992 when my parents broke up. They got divorced. And uh, just uh, weeks later, my the thing that really transformed my life happened. And that's when my mother was shot when I was when I was 13 years old. And the story behind that is that she was a probation officer in, in the city of Detroit. And it was a cold night, December 8th, 1992, and it was actually my aunt's birthday who was living with us. And my mother, given the heart that she has, uh, made the decision that on the way home from work, she would pick up a cake to celebrate my aunt's birthday. And she went to what I call the cake lady's house, and she wasn't there yet. And my grandparents lived around the corner from her. And so she decided, since my grandfather was retiring and she still needed to get a retirement ticket to the party, she'd just go over to her parents' house, pick up the ticket, get back in the car, go get the cake, and go home. And so she goes to my grandparents' house, and she takes $20 out of her wallet, leaves her gun and her badge in the car, 
gets out the car and proceeds to walk towards the house when she hears a rustling sound in the background and she turns around to see what that is and she sees a man an assailant with a nine millimeter a nine millimeter gun in his hand and pointing it at her chest and he starts to mumble she says something like give me um something and she realizes she has nothing of value the twenty dollars balled up in her hands and some gold earrings on and so not quite sure what he's looking for and she's scared as one would be and so she calls out for her parents they're right there in the house she calls her mom she calls her dad nothing happens and then she calls on the name of jesus and she says in that moment things really started to change the assailant got really angry his countenance really changed and for her it it was a demonic interaction and it scared her so bad that she backed up and she tripped and she fell on her back on the ground and now the assailant is standing over her she's he's pointing the gun at her stomach and he shoots and the gun jams and so in her mind in that moment wow calling on the name of jesus that thing worked and so not so fast he shot five more times and all five of those bullets emptied into her stomach. And you might be asking why, then what was the power of Jesus's name there? If he originally had the gun to her chest and had she not called on the name of Jesus, that demonic reaction wouldn't have happened. She wouldn't have gotten as scared. She wouldn't have tripped. She wouldn't have fell back. And that gun wouldn't have shifted from her chest to her stomach, where she had a lot of, let's just call it love, in her stomach to help pad those bullets as they went through her stomach. So Jesus, that name of Jesus really did save her life. And so what she says is that she was on the ground, bleeding cold, December night, Detroit, in a neighborhood she grew up in, in front of her parents' house, alone. And she says that in that moment, God gave her a choice whether to live or to die. And she says that she chose to live for her children. I was 13, my older brother 15, my younger brother 12. And she says that in that moment where she made the choice to live, then those who she grew up with, who are now first responders, nurses, police officers, you name it, started coming out of their homes to to um, to save her life. And they were and they saved her life. So she went to the hospital and 12 days later, she was out of the hospital. She's a walking miracle. And I tell the story. There's so many different elements of Angela. I can see how your life was changed in so many different ways from that story. But the thing I like to zone in on is the power of choices. It's from her story that I learned that you can't always control what what life dishes you. And sometimes it's your bad decisions that get you there too, but you always can choose your reaction to it. And she taught me the power of choices in that moment. And that was significant to me when we get to the baby's phase of my life. 16 years old, still on this quest to become a doctor, and now a senior in high school, and was not making, while I was making good decisions academically, was not making the best decisions uh, personally. We were, I've been in church my entire life, so clearly know right from wrong, clearly know what the Bible says about all types of things, but was not making the best decisions, and they did not align with the Word of God. And so I found myself in a situation where I was now 16 and pregnant. I was pregnant the summer going into my senior year in high school. And for a minute, I just kind of acted like that wasn't a thing, ignored it, in denial, you name it. 
until school started and colleges started coming to my high school and talking about college and attempting to recruit us. And I'm completely hiding my pregnancy at this moment uh, to my parents. My friends know, but my parents don't. And really trying to decide what the heck am I going to do here? And uh, made the decision on my own that I would keep the pregnancy, but I was still trying to figure out what this meant for my life. And I realized that I had the power to choose. Uh, I had the power to choose whether or not I would travel down the path that is frequently traveled by teenage mothers, poverty, welfare, those types of things, or I would still choose to figure out how, how I would go to college and still chase after my dreams with a baby. And so that's what I decided to do and did not know how I was going to get there, still hiding the pregnancy, by the way, did not know how I was going to get there. And until at one of these sessions where a recruiter was there, said something about family housing. Uh, I still cannot remember the context, but I know it was in school that I heard it and something clicked. It was like, that's the key. I got to find colleges that have family housing. So I started to do research. Now this was 1995 pre pre internet is our life age, you know, just infancy of that. So I don't quite know how I did the research. I believe I started calling around and just asking questions, uh, but realized that I had four options. I wanted to stay in Michigan, uh, decided to stay in Michigan and had four options. One was a college that would allow me to stay home with my mom and kind of beg her to watch my son. The other three options were living on campus, um, Eastern Michigan University, Michigan State University, University of Michigan, and all of them have family housing options. And I applied to all four colleges, got into all four colleges, and decided that I would go to the University of Michigan because that's where my mother graduated, and it was 45 minutes away, so if I ran into trouble, she could get to me pretty easily, and it was a really great school. So at 17 years old, with my five-and-a-half-month-old baby in hand, uh, I moved in, we moved in to the University of Michigan's family housing on their North Campus. And God opened a series of doors to get me to that moment and a series of doors to uh, from, from that point forward. I needed to figure out childcare. I called this random number, this help number that the University of Michigan had, hoping that could help me figure out childcare. And they sent me a list of resources. And I started calling all those resources and one of the calls that I made was to this wonderful grandmotherly sound on the other end of the receiver. And and she was amazing. She had a daycare out of her home and, it, and she was open from 6 a.m. to midnight every single day. And she only charged $12 a day, which included diapers and formula. What a miracle. And I, God just blessed me to be in the stage of my life where my brain was still forming and I had to figure out things pretty rapidly and put some organizational skills in place pretty rapidly and and more 
more than my peers would have to. I had to be really rigid and disciplined about going to class, studying after class before my I pick up my son, care for my son, and you know, and repeat. You know, it had to be really meticulous. I had to put systems in place, social supports in place, all of those things. And God just opened door after door after door after door. Kind, even in high school when I was was pregnant and going through that, just kind teachers, um, kind professors. You know, just really opened those doors. So it certainly was was a village that helped me uh, through that season. And so four years later, four years after moving into the University of Michigan, I received my Bachelor of Science degree and uh, later went on to graduate school still at the University of Michigan and got my first master's two years later in public health. And then uh, somewhere in the middle of that, around 2006, I started an MBA program. And my career started while I'm in school, I'm working the entire time. After my first master's, transitioned over to the research side. And it really was there that God opened tremendous doors. I took a job that um, spoke to my passion, but didn't necessarily speak to the money. And uh, God told me he would be faithful in that. And two months after receiving that job, he absolutely was faithful. I got promoted right away. Um, just huge opportunities just kept coming and coming and coming. And I kept going up the, the career ladder in my in healthcare. And in 2008, I hit a crossroad where I was now looking for for the next level, which in our world was a director level position. And um, the economy was tanking a bit. And we, my husband and I, were a little bit depressed um, with the cold and people losing their jobs in Michigan and uh, decided we would let the career opportunity for me dictate where we would relocate. And we relocated to DC for uh, a director level position at a large healthcare system, which I'm still at. And God has been faithful there too. Again, uh, been able to climb the ladder here in this healthcare system. And along the way received um, an MBA and then a doctorate in um, public health and advanced practice leadership. And the cool thing about that doctorate, the cool thing about that doctorate is that I still became a doctor. Um, I still worked in the OBGYN. That was my first uh, my first job in graduate school when I transitioned to research that one role that God really opened the doors in. But it was 25 years almost to the day, literally the day after. My mom was shot December 8th, 1992. And on December 9th, 1992, I walked across that stage with my doctoral degree. On December 8th, 19, I'm sorry, on December 9th, 2017, I walked across the stage with a doctoral degree. On December 8th, uh, 2017, which was my aunt's birthday, we there was a ceremony just for the college and so on that day literally 25 years later we all got to celebrate that accomplishment first one in the family to get a doctorate um despite all of those different odds so a wonderful for 25 years we had to remember december 8th as a as a as a not so great day and we got to replace that memory uh, years later and so you know god just continues to be faithful. And I just use all of those experiences, all the lessons learned along the way. I mean, I can go on and on just on the professional side, the lessons I've learned. I can go on and on on the spiritual side, the lessons that I've learned. But there is just so many that 
I came to the realization uh, around, I would say 2015 or so, I came to the realization that absolutely everything that God has blessed me to do, absolutely every door that he's opened, absolutely every failure, bad decision, uh, bad experience, great experience, absolutely everything, he's allowed me to go through it, to have it, to be blessed with it, for his kingdom. And so that that is my responsibility, not to be shy about sharing the bad stuff, not to shy away from helping somebody get where they need to go, but and not to shy away from the gifts that he has created me to have and be unapologetically okay with that and use that for the building of his kingdom. You're just so incredibly inspiring. And I wrote down a number of things, just jotted down. Number one, we talk here on this podcast about discovering miracles in the middle of our messy moments. And you shared a number of times, your mom, a miracle, you know, you pushing through so many challenges and adversity and, and things that no one should even have to witness. No one should have to, to go through a situation of, uh, of their mother being shot and, and, and witnessing, you know, just this miraculous recovery. I can't imagine how that framed the rest of your life. And I'm, I'm so moved, I guess, by your determination and your grit. You use the word consistent. I'm not even sure if you knew you said that, but you mentioned being consistent. And, and I think that's a real key for accomplishing our goals. You're a walking example of what it looks like to be faced with challenges. Sometimes it could seem insurmountable. And yet, you pushed through to accomplish your, your dreams. You didn't give up on them. You chose life with your son. You chose a number of critical choices along the way. And I just want to speak to that for a minute because I, I believe there are some, some women and men that are listening and, and struggle in their own journey to figure out how to maintain that consistency. I'm sure there were times you felt like it was a bad day or it was difficult what do you think helped you? And I know you've had a village. I know you've had amazing, strong women around you that you talked about, but how, how can you speak to someone who just can't seem to get unstuck from some of those challenges? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, it's two nuggets I probably will call my go-to nuggets for, for someone kind of struggling with that. The first thing is that you kind of realize that most of the things we're seeking to accomplish, it looks big. It's in, it looks huge, like a big elephant. But how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And so the thing that I go to for me is, okay, Angela, what's the next step? You know, just take it to the next step. And when you always take it to the next step, then next step after next step after next step, after next step, after next step, before you know it, you've gotten there. So when I'm in the morning working out, you know, I'll tell myself just two more burpees. So like, like if I could just do two more burpees, then before I know it, I okay, two more push-ups. Before I know it, I've, I've completed the workout. And I and I try to take that same mindset to, to anything that I do, things at work where I know the end game isn't for two or three years, What's the next step? What can I do today? What can I do tomorrow? What's the next step? And realizing that life and most things we try to accomplish in life 
it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. We're not going to just get there at full speed really fast. We'll burn ourselves out. And it's a long race. And so if we just go one step at a time, and it takes a lot of self-talk along the way where we're consistently, okay, what's the next step? What's the next step? What's the next step? And sometimes even saying, don't get overwhelmed. What's the next step? And, and that really helps me. The other thing that really helps me is connecting what I'm trying to achieve to what I call the burning reason. For me, when I made that choice to still chase my dreams, it was the, my burning reason was because I didn't want the alternate path. I didn't want my son to be raised in a space where there was poverty and welfare and struggle all the time. So he, he became my burning reason. His welfare and well-being became my burning reason. Wanting to see him become a successful citizen and see me as an example and see that you can rise above any mistakes that you make in your life, like that became my burning reason. That burning reason for me and everything that I do is I remember the faces. I imagine the faces that God wants me to reach with my gifting. And I say to myself, if I don't do A, B, C, and D, or if I don't use my gifting, or if I don't push through, if I don't figure out a way, then those spaces suffer. And I don't want those spaces to suffer because I can't figure out how to push through. And so I figure out how to push through and I ask myself, what's the next step? So that I can do it. That burning reason sometimes is translated into purpose or calling mm -hmm. or, um, mm -hmm. you know, favor, uh, passion, but we need all of those things. And I talk to people sometimes, and I'm sure you do too, Dr. A, that just, they just can't even hardly find that they haven't, or they've become so disconnected from what, what really makes their heart race, you know, in a good way. And to reconnect with that, or like you said, even in different seasons, there might be a different burning reason. We each have to take the, the situation that we've been given and make the most of it. And what I love about what you're sharing is that you are unapologetic about the gifts that you've been given. And I don't want to see women diminish their, their value or diminish themselves or feel like they have to make themselves less for any reason. And so I'm so inspired by you saying, listen, God has given me these gifts. It's my responsibility to steward them. It's my responsibility to make the most of these gifts, not to hide them or not to somehow feel ashamed. And you're not, you're not saying your gifts in a way that to be haughty or to be proud, you're saying them to say, listen, this is what God has given me. This is how I've, you know, organized myself, been consistent, pushed through to make sure I make the most of that. There's a story in the Bible about the parable of the talents and one is given one and one is given five, one is given 10. And, and the, the, the moral of that is what are we going to do with what we've been given, both good and bad? And what I consistently see in your life is that you will not let anything deter you from your God-given dreams. And I hope that's what come through, you know, for our listeners, maybe someone has almost just given up on a dream or they've become disconnected from their burning passion and purpose in life and their burning reason. And, and to be inspired by your story, to find that burning reason, to stay motivated and to continue to move forward. And, and I know that you want to make your life matter for the kingdom in so many ways. What is one way that you can look back now and say, look, from all of this that has happened, 
this is how I'm choosing to make my life matter. And I know you've said that to some extent today, but I'd just love to hear that. Yeah, there's, um, I love when you were talking about how so many women don't realize or appreciate the giftings that they have. So, so one of the things that I'm really, really proud of is, is that I, I share that same heart and not for financial reasons, honestly, it's not a financially profitable, profitable endeavor, but um, I have a t-shirt line that is a uh, call for kingdom building. And it, it really is, I fill in the blank, whatever your gift is for the kingdom. And it's really uh, and, and I really, and I say, and I stress that this isn't the traditional gifts that we see on display at the church. And those are fine. The fivefold, the singing, the praise and worship, um, all of those are fine. But what happens is, and I was certainly in this space where, yes, I sing on the praise team, but I'm not, I'm not you, Angela. You know, I, you know, I can hold down, I can <laughs> hold down my mic and that's about it. But I knew that wasn't like the thing God called me to do. And so I, it was very difficult for me to see my giftings reflected in the ministry. Um, it was very difficult growing up when, when, because I, didn't feel called to preach and didn't feel apostolic and, you know, just didn't feel like I had those traditional gifts, but I was super smart in science and math and super organized and um, really could, could, could communicate very well and very relational and could encourage somebody. But I didn't really realize that those were gifts that could be used for the kingdom. I really separated my my church life from the other side you know today you would say probably my professional side and today I integrate them. The strategy part of me that I bring to my nine to five, I bring it to the ministry. The the encouragement that I bring as I'm mentoring somebody sitting in front of my desk at work, I bring that to the ministry and vice versa. I don't go to work toting my Bible, but absolutely everybody knows that I'm a believer and they come to me for prayer. They come to me for guidance. They come to me for spiritual teaching. I have people seek me out because they stumbled across a thought, thoughtful Thursday one day and say, you're a believer. Can you pray for me? And these are people who are, I work I work with. And so that's what I'm really proud of is that I found a way uh, to tell women that it's okay. Like you're gifting of raising your children. You do that amazingly well. And that, that's a gift. You know that God needs somebody to cultivate the youth and bring them up in the right way. That's a gift. It is for kingdom building. And I probably, as long as it aligns with God's word, I can tell you how that thing that you're passionate about is for kingdom building. And, and getting women to really realize that, that inside and outside of the walls of the church, we are supposed to be the salt of this earth, not the salt just of the church walls. And so getting them to realize that you are valuable, you are special, and being demonstrable in that in my own life, integrating it all, it, it, I'm really, I'm really proud of that. Um, and, and not in an arrogant way, just, just really, I think God is pleased. Oh, absolutely. He is pleased. I love that. The fact that we tend to compartmentalize our life and we think over here is my marriage and over here is my job and over here is my play and over here is my work and here's my ministry. And, you know, when I wrote the book fearless and I know some women at your church have gone through it, Dr. A, you know, the last session is on Priscilla. And that's, as you were sharing that, that's exactly who I thought of is that you are a modern day Priscilla. 
and that you have decided these are the gifts that God has given me. I'm going to be unapologetic about them. She taught Apollos. She helped and partner with Paul. She mentored Timothy. She was a mother of the early church. And yet she was a businesswoman. She was intelligent about it. She had multiple businesses in many cities, Ephesus, Rome, started over a number of times, refused to let adversity keep her down. And she is a model for us of everything that you're saying that she would not let any area of her life become compartmentalized. And when we do that, we miss out on, on the fullness of being kingdom, kingdom minded and being used for the kingdom. So I love that that is your approach of integrating every gift, every piece. I think I said it this way in fearless. She used every piece of real estate she owned, meaning every area of her life and invested into the kingdom. Nothing was off limits. And if we take that approach with God and say, God, you've given me this, I'm going to do my best to cultivate these gifts to their fullest. And then I'm going to stand back and look in awe at the way that you're going to use my life for your glory and not be ashamed and not hide any area of that and lean into the passion and the burning reasons you've given me. And, and I want to just be, I'm going to ask you to pray over our listeners in a moment, but where can they find your, you know, your line of clothing and, and what else would you like them to know about? I know you have your own podcast, so share any way that they can connect with you. And I'll include that in the show notes and where they might can find your line of shirt. Sure. You can find the line at fourkingdombuilding.com, fourkingdombuilding.com, or you can go to angeladthomas.com and uh, click the shop button and it will take you there. Uh, yeah. Podcast, the balanced executive podcast is what it's called. And I'm really excited about it because it is, it's the target audience is really entrepreneurs, executives, business owners, but really anybody trying to live their God-given purpose, trying to fulfill it. And it's about them being about how we need balance in our life, but in a different way. Yes, work-life balance matters, but there are 10 areas that we really focus on. And it's not just that we need to balance them all to be successful, but it's that we need to understand that we can't compartmentalize the Christian executive, the Christian director, the Christian business owner, oftentimes they fall into that space of compartmentalization. And that's how they get burnt out and overwhelmed because they're trying to keep these these pieces of their lives separate. And you see so many different successful executives and entrepreneurs have the, the vocational or work or business success, but their health is failing, their marriage is failing. Um, they don't have fun. They have no philanthropic side. They're not giving back. And so God wants all of that for us. And when you come to the realization that you, you should not compartmentalize and you begin to integrate, balance starts to happen. And then those sides, those things that God's promised, that God has promised about wealth and legacy, the requirement of legacy, all of those things tend to come as a result. And so that's what it's about. It's about helping the faith-based, Christian-minded business owner, executive, again, anybody trying to fulfill purpose, really understand that you need to get balanced. And to do that, you need to start integrating. To do that, it takes some strategy. We get into strategy there. But at the end of the day, you'll be able to fulfill your purpose. And then the wealth and all that other stuff will follow. The Balanced Executive. You can subscribe to the show. You don't want to miss her show. And they can also connect with you. I know by following you on social media, all your handles are at Dr. Angela D. Thomas, 
or you can join her email list and you don't have to ever miss an update by texting Dr. Angela to the number 44222. So she's, I've, I've gotten to sit with her y'all for hours and I'm telling you, you just got a little taste of the richness and the depth that she brings to the kingdom of God. If you are a business woman or businessman or a faith based executive or, or just, you're just wanting to let God use you in a greater way. You're going to want to make sure that you're listening to her podcast. And I know there's going to be some other things coming in the next couple of years, but right now that's the main way she's so encouraging in her posts and on social media. So don't miss any of that. Dr. A at AngelaDThomas.com is her website, and I'll make sure I put that in the show notes. Dr. A, my friend Angela, thank you so much. I could listen to you all day, and you've, you've actually stretched me today and reminded me of ways we can just take the next step and take the next step and keep moving forward in God's purpose on our lives. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today. I would love to invite you just to pray over our listeners as we end our time today. Absolutely. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. This is a day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I pray over absolutely every single one of Angela's listeners to this podcast, Lord God. Allow them to connect to the passion and purpose that you have designed and ordained for them for their lives to give them the burning reason, Lord God. Allow them to see that every single piece of their life, every single gift, every single door, every single opportunity, and even every single failure you have used and will continue to use to build your kingdom. Allow them to have the courage, Lord God. Give them strength in spaces where they feel weak. Your word says where we are weak, that's where the perfection of your strength comes to bear. And so we ask, Lord God, that even in those spaces, they feel you, Lord God. They feel you till they can push one more time to the next step, Lord God. We ask that you continue to give Angela the wisdom and the leadership and uh, healing in her body to continue to push towards her purpose, Lord God. Then we thank you for the leader that she is, the spiritual guide she is, the empower she is, the woman of faith that she is, Lord God, and continue to bless this podcast, Lord God. Open doors in her life, Lord God. Open doors as she continues to pour into others, pour into her listeners, and return that to her a hundredfold, Lord God. We thank you for this time together. We thank you for times to come, Lord God, and we thank you for allowing to use us for your kingdom. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. so much for joining our conversation. I'd love to stay connected. So be sure to visit AngelaDenadio.com for my books, blogs, and free goodies. And find me on Facebook at AngelaDenadioBOV and Instagram at AngelaDenadio. If you've been inspired to make life matter, leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's keep discovering miracles in life's messy moments.